Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the queer improv show Thank You For Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. We still have storytellers share their stories, but instead of folks improvising... We talk about it. So uh, we all have multiple coming out stories, and um, we have a special guest today. So excited you're here. Sarah Steele, she, her, hers. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing so well. Um, I just want to dive right in. Great. Like, share with us yeah. um, whatever you want us to know. Okay. And I'm going to be taking notes. I didn't tell you that earlier. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Just, so just so I don't forget things. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, okay. Well... Uh, share things about like like just will you ask me a specific question sure <laughs> so um was there a certain point in time where you're like yeah. i'm not i don't fit into this straight mold yes. and like what was kind of going through your mind or was it yeah. a specific instance or just mm -hmm. kind of like how mm -hmm. did you come to the realization that you weren't a straight person yes okay great um well i i I'll actually start with like my ring of keys moment. Oh, perfect. Which was that I was probably 10 years old and I was in London with my grandmother and I was on a bus and this very beautiful woman on the bus said the words to her friend, because she's my lover and I haven't seen her in like three weeks and I just miss her so much. Mm. And I had like a huge light bulb go off where I was like, oh my gosh, you're allowed to be with other women mm. like that? Cool. And I was like, oh, whoa, that's what I want. And then I had this whole week with my grandmother like sightseeing in London where I as like a little 10-year-old was just having like such intensely sexual thoughts about women. Wow. And I actually was like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to be on the plane where I can just think about having sex with women uninterrupted for like six hours. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> So I was like so young. So that was really like my first, like the first really sexual feelings that I had. Mm -hmm. And I, it was a little confusing for me because I still had crushes on boys and I would get nervous around boys. And I don't think I understood yet at that point that, that, um, you know, like liking more than one gender that way was a thing. Like bisexual wasn't something I was familiar with at 10. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I just, you know, kept, kept, you know, growing up and it, starting at around 12, I had a, just a few like very sexual friendships, just a lot of like playing and rolling around in that way. And like, I had like one specific friend where we would like <laughs> we would quote unquote like experiment like mm -hmm. we would have play dates where we would basically like make out at 12 at 12 and so cool. my first like sexual experiences were also with girls um but then I also had boyfriends mm -hmm. at school <laughs> 
where we would like hold hands and go on the trips together. And but then if we were ever going to like kiss, it was like this huge deal um, where like they had to pass me a note and be like, do you want a French kiss? Like, mm. because if we're going to take that step, Consent. it's like a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And um, and so I was also like doing that. And I remember I, it, it, I talked to I had a nanny that I was very close with. And I at one point just confessed to her that I was like doing this with my female friends. And she said to me, bless her heart, like, well, maybe there's, maybe there's, maybe when you grow up, you'll like both. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, that was when I sort of knew. I, yeah. I, I, when I sort of was like, oh, okay. I, but I think I wasn't really ready to take that in yet. Like her yeah. saying that actually kind of freaked me out. Totally. And then. <laughs> At some point in ninth grade, I literally got home and I was like making a sandwich in my kitchen. And I was like, I just, I just like both. Mm. <laughs> and that's, and that's me. And that's like how I, that's how I identify. And I, I suppose, I don't know how I knew by then that that was like a thing. And of course, now it's a much more, now I feel because it's a different time and I know so much more about gender and the way that it works saying bisexual doesn't really sound quite right to me anymore either Mm -hmm. um but so now it's just now it's just queer Mm -hmm. yeah great thanks for sharing yeah so it sounds to me like um so many of the stories that i hear and stories that i read there's so much shame wrapped up in you know being in the closet or feeling mm-hmm. afraid to embrace this part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And to me, it sounds like you kind of were just like, you heard this thing and then you got to dream about it on the airplane, which is such a lovely <laughs> and amazing like image. I love that so much. Um, did you talk to your grandma about it or was this all no, just like you kept it inside? Very in my mind. Yeah. I was like, I literally felt like pester. I was like, I need to be in private so I can think about this all the time. <laughs> yeah. I just, I spent yeah. all of my like school years yeah. in that world, daydreaming <laughs> and like fantasizing and didn't yeah. pay attention in class and just right. was like, girls are everything. <laughs> like just... <laughs> A hundred percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. I haven't thought about that in forever. Um, <laughs> such a funny thing. So then, but yeah, so it t- to me, and and please tell me if I'm putting words in your mouth, but yeah. it doesn't really seem like there was like shame or embarrassment around this. And like, how did, at what point did you share it with your family mm-hmm. and how was it received? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, so I think that it was a, it was a struggle a little bit to share it with my family for a few reasons. Um, one being that every time I would try to, I th- I think my mom would just kind of be like, say something like, oh, well, you're just very free and like you're very fluid. Mm. And I eventually was like, no, I actually have to sit her down and say like, I actually just don't identify as straight. Like it's not that I am like a free spirit, straight girl, you know? Mm-hmm. And it took me a long, a long time to do that. Uh, and I think I also felt my um, younger sibling is gay and also um, is he, he has like experimented with being gender queer. He's going by he right now, mm-hmm. but it just kind of felt like that was so his thing. And because and I was self conscious, I think 
because I did mostly seriously date cis men. I dated uh, one woman in college uh, for a few months, but it was like quite a tumultuous relationship and she never did end up um, meeting my parents. Mm -hmm. So I always sort of, I, I, I think I just felt I think I I think I just felt like I dated cis men too much to really like take up the take up like some big like identity mantle and it wasn't really actually until I saw this this graphic that um the Alley Coalition just like posted again mm. where um there was a bunch of of pie charts yeah yeah that are like you can be just this attracted like to a gender that's not like the, the you know that's not like the opposite gender and that means you, the, like, you're still bisexual and you're still yeah. allowed to identify that way but so it took so it, it definitely took a while I mean in college I, I was very loud and proud like bisexual but but yeah as far as my family I just felt like every time I said it, it was like diminished and I was already insecure yeah. about it in that way. So, so yeah, it really wasn't until a few years ago that I like got drunk with my mom in Copenhagen and was like, no, I identify as queer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't identify as straight. And I'm not, it's not just that I'm free spirited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have, you've been acting for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and like big screen, small screen, mm -hmm. I don't know like all the terms, but like and big screen is movies. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it, what's TV, small I, screen? No. I, I think small screen. I don't know what, like what is silver screen? Yeah, I don't know. I was just is thinking that, that but I was like, I don't know. I don't know either. Producer? Silver screen is also movies. Okay, great. Yeah, oh, so, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, um, okay. So, yeah. but did you ever feel, um, I don't, I don't really know how to ask the question, but I feel like, actors these days are are more out and talking about mm -hmm. their identities but yeah. um you've been acting for so long and in that world for so long mm -hmm. was there ever a pressure to stay in the closet perfect like professionally because of your career or I don't really know yeah it's yeah. it's interesting I talked to um like an older out actress uh who I I I won't name but um I talked to her when I was in college when I was dating this woman about that and she was like well I would just she's she's out and she's out professionally and she mm -hmm. was like well I would really think about it before you do it because it does change things mm -hmm. and and I I didn't really know what to what to to make of that but I don't I think I think I do feel like times have changed and and also that my career is not, um, <laughs> I don't know how to say this, like my career is, sex is not what it's sort of like based around. I don't play a lot of like sexy, straight sex objects. So there's nothing that really gets lost mm -hmm. if they think I'm, not sleeping exclusively with men like the, the like for instance the, the character that I play on the good fight no one would be surprised if suddenly that character was queer you know so I I don't I don't I think that I'm not really in a mold where it would be much of a problem mm -hmm. is my guess hey CBS make 
Make that character queer. That is, is one thing I'll say is that I am like, I am so much more queer than these people that are playing the lesbians on this show. Mm-hmm. Why don't you like do something like that with my character? But do 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 the folks on like do your colleagues at work mm-hmm. know that you're a queer? Yeah. And so yeah. well yeah, so they should do that. Right. Cool. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um and actually, wait, I did have I, d- I did have a kiss with Rose Leslie this past season. So they did. They did do it. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so great. <laughs> so that's good. Um, Kissed a girl on network TV. That's, you know, that representation is so important. Yeah. And yeah. Um, just, you know, I don't remember ever seeing any kind of like positive representation growing up no. at all. And like when yeah. Ellen came out on her sitcom, she lost everything. Yeah. Everything. And it's like, well, I... Why would anyone want to do that? No. You know, and that was so brave and incredible. And just the way that things have shifted so much is is yeah. beautiful. It's un, it's unbelievable. And I'm so excited for, like, the, you know, the people who are growing up now. And, you know, because it was so different when we were young. Yeah. And I think the other reason that I like what they did with my, my and Rose Leslie's character on the on the good fight was that it was this confusing friendship that also had a sexual and romantic element to it. And that is how a lot of my um, relationships with women have materialized of like, we are friends, but there actually is something a little bit more. And certainly like, I didn't see that at all when I was growing up. Yeah. Do you have queer, favorite queer representation now in the media? A little transparent. Is that yes. like what everyone says? But Actually, no. Really? Most people, no, I don't think anyone said that. Are you serious? I mean, I would say that, but yeah. Yeah, I uh, yeah, for sure that's my favorite. Have you seen the finale? No. I'm I just waiting. watched it yesterday okay. and cried through the whole thing. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to be a wreck. I sent, I sent Jill and Faith Soloway. Mm. Um, of like a very long Facebook message oh, because I was just like I'm wrecked and just explaining to them I think from like a Jewish standpoint which yeah. is like and then also a queer trans non-binary yeah. right. standpoint um, I've never seen that anywhere yeah and it, it's so powerful and yeah. so um, it really is life changing to see so many pieces of you reflected back yeah. and um and also just the ways in which um, the f- like the siblings defend Allie's character, mm-hmm. um, Gabby Hoffman's mm-hmm. character, mm-hmm. Um, is like so my family. And it's just like mm-hmm. everything that they do yeah. is like, that's my family. Ugh. And like that's never, I've never ever ever seen no. that before. No, no. Especially around a queer identity. Maybe like yes. when like Jewish things, it's like, you know. Right. But yeah, that... Thank you for saying transparent. Oh, gosh, I don't think Bobby. I don't that. think anyone's ever said transparent. Same. I'm like, oh, I'll just say the cliche thing that everyone says. <laughs> no, no. I'm so glad that you said it. Um, are you caught up until the finale? Yes. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. That's so. Have you read Jill Soloway's book? No. It's called She Wants It, and mm. um, it's really. Sorry, I'm just moving this around because it's crushing my ear. A oh little yeah. Bit. No problem. Maybe. I don't think there's a way for it to not. You could probably take them off, too. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take them off. Yeah. Great. Yes. There you go. Be comfortable. Um, The book is really good, and it's about their coming to terms with their own identities and how that played into Transparent, and it just was really – it. 
I was already writing a book and then it like sparked all of these things in me that like I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote because it was just like it was so powerful yeah I mean it is it is really that funny thing with with queerness which is why I think a podcast like this is so important is that you sort of sometimes have to wait for someone else to name it yeah. before you know what it is. Yeah. Like that is so, that's why I love this ring of keys moment mm-hmm. thing. It's like, I just didn't know that was an option. Yeah. And then as soon as I did, I was like, oh, like this whole part of me opened up. And and I, I, I remember my brother talking about seeing, oh gosh, I'm not going to remember what the movie is. It's some movie with Julia Roberts and Bradley Cooper where there's like, New Year's happy it's like New Year's is it like a Gary Marshall movie I don't know it's it's like a million famous people and like and they all have these like different storylines that lead to something and and I think I think there's something on a plane where like two people are talking about their partners and then and then Bradley Cooper gets home and his partner's a man I think is it Valentine's Day? Yeah. Wait, is it? I don't know. I, I Googled Julia Roberts' Bradley Cooper movie and Valentine's Day. Maybe it's Valentine. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's Valentine's. It is. It is. And and my brother said that that was because when he was, like, growing up and, and that was the first time that he was like, oh, gay people can have relationships. Like, it can mm-hmm. be not just sex. They can be in a relationship. And that, like, he went through all of his, like really young life not understanding that until he saw that movie yeah there's like like, this thing where you have to it's like almost like finding permission from for like someone else to do it right for you to like you're saying like you didn't even know it was a thing until you saw it yeah yeah. that's how I felt about learning what the words gender queer and non-binary were because I I knew trans people existed Mm -hmm. but I only knew about them in binary terms and then and being a trans man never felt authentic or right for me and so I was like wow then I'm like stuck in this like thing where I just like I don't fit in or belong anywhere right and then I learned that the that the there are gender identities outside of the binary right and it literally it cracked my world open and I was like holy shit I can I exist right right and and it's it's such a powerful thing to um to come across. Right, right. And um, I talk about this Ring of Keys moment on almost every episode, but yeah. it's worth repeating. Yeah. Uh, Leah Delaria in Orange is a New Black. Mm. I saw an episode, and I was 30, yeah. right? And, like, you know, I'm 34 right. and beyond now. Um, and she, like, is in, like, about to hook up with someone and takes off her shirt and pants and is mm. wearing a sports bra and boxer briefs. Mm-hmm. And, like, even that little thing, I was like, I could not have to wear like an underwire bra when before I top surgery and um yeah and I can wear boxer briefs right and even that little thing was like so empowering Mm -hmm. to see um to see that and like to gave me the permission to do that right me and my mom went to uh Kohl's that minute and bought and she bought me like seven sports bras and it was amazing (laughs) and boxer briefs thanks mom yeah (laughs) yeah I mean I I I feel like I just want to name like I I do get a little self-conscious sometimes these days in the way that I talk about my sexuality because the way that I framed it was so binary. Like, mm-hmm. it's literally called bisexual. And I don't know. And I, I, I don't know. I just want to say I just hope that I'm not 
I I don't know. I I just get self conscious about the way I I talk about it. Sometimes I'm curious what you think about that. Yeah, I I mean I I hear that often, and yeah. I, the I the definition of bisexual and bisexuality has shifted. Yeah, uh, right. to be more inclusive of yeah. of genders. Right, and so the mo like what I hear now is bisexual means you're attracted to your own gender mm-hmm. and other genders. Yes, right. So that is that is yeah, that does so, seem right. Yeah, I so it's just the bi meaning too that is still a little yeah. dicey. Yeah. Which is why pansexual, yeah. you know, came right. around and then right. you know people got shit for using that and right. even though it's such a valid and people get shit for using any Anything. term, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, right. as long if it's not cisgender or straight, but yeah. um I totally I totally like get the the you know feeling uncomfortable mm-hmm. or the discomfort around using that term, but yeah. I, I do think that the the definition has shifted, and so it's yeah. just a matter of like kind of settling into it. Or like right. you said, you use the word queer, which yeah, is also like right. super encompassing yes. and valid. Right. Um, oh, what was I gonna say? Um, what were we talking about right before oh, that? Sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, it's fine. What were we talking about? Producer. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah right. Keys, right. Oh yeah, right. like until um, you see it. Con- yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks, Bobby. Transparent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, well, if it comes to me, yeah, I will talk about it. I don't know. <laughs> um, I know. I mean, I guess this kind of falls in the same category of like the words. The words that we use can sometimes feel like they're boxing us in. Yeah, right. Um, right. And at the same time can be so empowering. Like, mm-hmm. so if, like for me, learning genderqueer and learning non-binary yeah. were like the most empowering, was like the most right. like important thing that's ever happened to me. Right. Um, and so it's like finding that balance of not using them to, oppre- not using labels to oppress people, yes. but instead to empower them. Yeah. Um, and like letting it be for their own, you know, a individual thing, not an outside assignment right i guess right is the difference but then i think back of um when i realized in in the same moment that i realized that i am a gender queer person i also realized i wanted to have top surgery Mm -hmm. and it all just kind of hit me at once and i did as much research as i could and i knew of no person who had had top surgery that wasn't a trans man yeah and so for me it was one of those instances where it didn't matter that I didn't see it anywhere else, but I, and I didn't mm. know that it existed anywhere mm. else, but I needed it anyway. Yeah, and right. and so, you know, now I've know I know people who have had top surgery and who aren't trans men. Yeah. Um, right. But at that moment, and this was in twenty fourteen, I think, mm-hmm. um, and then I had the surgery in twenty sixteen. But um, and it took me a minute to from. Deciding I wanted it to actually having it. Yeah. Um, was that because of your reservations or was that like just the industry? Uh, both. both. I think <laughs> it was like coming to terms with it. And then um, before diving into it, like I um, went to therapy multiple times a week to kind mm-hmm. of like make sure this is to kind of like just like figure it out and yeah. be like, am I a trans man? Like, yeah. what is this? And right. um and then once I, I, but there was never a moment between realizing that I wanted to have the surgery to having surgery. There was not one second of doubt. Yeah. It just was like, and no, and every time I told someone 
they had lots of doubts, you know, had lots right. of questions. Right. And I was like, I, I don't even, I don't know the answers to half your questions. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't care. Like, I, mm-hmm. I know this is something that I need. Yeah. You know, some of the questions were, but what about when you want to have kids and you want to breastfeed? And I was like, first of all, <laughs> who says I want to have kids? Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> plenty of parents don't breastfeed. Yeah. Third of all, like, you know, you're making a lot of assumptions about, right. about me right now. Right. Um, or more, uh, like. Third of all, it seems like you could potentially have a partner who could right. breastfeed. <laughs> totally. Like so many things that just, you yeah, know. Right. Um, it's also just so funny that that's, that everything's framed around yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I just like through this, had to, I'll say had to, well, through this baby shower for my sister. And it's just, it's just interesting how much people assume that because I'm single and like not seemingly on a path of like, marrying a cis man and having babies soon that it's like well it's gonna happen for you it's gonna right. ha- your life isn't gonna leave you behind it's gonna happen for you i'm like i'm cool you guys like i'm like <laughs> yeah. like i like who's to say that like i definitely want to get into a relationship with a cis man that i couldn't um exit without a lawyer like right, like right. i like you know but there's so much uh, there's there's so much talk talking about like these other stories and these other options not being available like mm-hmm. that's in everyone's mind of just like well what a, what about when you want to do the what about when you want to like do the only the only thing that we're here on earth to do which right. is like you know it's like no yeah anyway it's I was, funny. yeah and it's it's like i feel like it's so like we're just all socialized in yeah. this way it's like and i don't even know that the people who are saying these things to us they don't mean it maliciously. No, or like, not at no, all. No, they're just like, this is the way we were programmed. And so, right. like, don't worry. Yeah. It's like, I am I would be more worried if I had a kid. Like, yes. I don't want that. So right. it's like, that's not, <laughs> that, that's not, <laughs> what, yeah. that's not my path. Right. Um, right. But it is, it's, um, it's one of those things where, I mean, I, I feel the same way about, um, like, gender reveal parties oh, and, like, how to raise I mean. kids and... You know, it's so that, complicated. That custom has got that's that's got that's just got to go. It really does. <laughs> it really just needs to. It really needs um, to. I saw one ridiculous one on the internet where, like, uh, I might be remembering it wrong, but like a hippopotamus like <laughs> ate a like watermelon that like exploded blue something, and I was no. like, "What is this? No. This is so stupid." No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's wild. Um, yeah, it sure is, and just so damaging yes. it just is really damaging and I try I try to explain why to folks who are really into it and, right. and it's just you know it feels like I'm defending my existence to them right and, and I then, mean but that's because this what they think is like a fun thing with a cake is like an affront to your existence right like and they they really don't they're like no they're just separate it's like no they're not they're very very much linked <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's complicated, yeah. and um, I mean, especially because I have you know my sister just had a baby, and mm. a lot of a lot of my very good friends have babies, and you know they are choosing to raise their kids in a way that I wouldn't cho- yeah. I wouldn't raise kids if I were to have them, which as I've made very clear, I don't want them. Right. <laughs> um, but it's taken me, and I'm still working on being okay with it. I think it, because mm. I I love my my people so much and I, um, you know, it's their lives, it's their child, it's their choice, it's their prerogative, you know, and 
without it, maybe like revealing anything you don't want to reveal yeah. what what bo- what what bothers you. Yeah. I you know, honestly I've never I've talked about this offline, but I've never talked mm-hmm. about it online. Mm-hmm. Um but I think I will. Um <laughs> maybe we'll edit it out later. Yeah, because uh, I feel super vulnerable right now. Yeah. But I ask that of my guests, so mm-hmm. I will share as well. Um I think it's just um just mainly like using gendered pronouns mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. calling the kid a little boy or a little girl. Right. And um and the thing is is like I understand and and some of the clothing that mm-hmm. gets you know, I actually think a lot of the people in my world, my sphere do a pretty good job about not being like pink dresses and yeah. bo- you know that you know it happens every once in a while but right and i'm not doing it to it's it's of course like there I, and again i just want to repeat that it's yeah. i'm not angry or i'm it just because i've shared so much of my experiences and mm-hmm. how um damaging those mm. um societal norms that are placed on us can be if you are not a cisgender person that to me it just feels um like if you if you see firsthand like the negative effects of that Mm -hmm. why would just you know I don't even really know how to articulate it because I never I don't really talk about it Mm -hmm. um but then at the same time um I, ha- I was talking to a friend about it, and um, he was saying, and, and and all of my friends are like, but we're so aware and we're so open to mm. if our child isn't cisgender, mm. mm-hmm. and like setting up an environment where um, they will feel o- they will feel safe. And I'm like, I don't, I have no doubt about that. Yeah, I think I think right. that is, and that is a very crucial piece, mm-hmm. and it's still adding a barrier to authenticity because right. you still have to assert who you are yes. instead of just being who you are from the beginning. Yes. It still has to be like a, actually it's not that. Right. It's not what you've been calling. Yeah. 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 And there, and then it's also, um, we're, as we've been saying, like words have power. So yeah. calling somebody a boy or yeah. calling somebody a girl right. um, inherently socializes us in certain ways mm-hmm. um, For sure. because of just, just the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was talking, you know, I was talking to a friend about all of this and he really is one of the only people that I've shared it like fully with, except now with everybody <laughs> on this podcast. Um, but, you know, he was saying, um, you know, all the things that he just said, like, you know, yeah. we're open and, you know, we, we try to break down those by saying, um, you know, like equating being a boy with being, you know, okay with emotions and that, and mm-hmm. which is great and yeah, important. Um, but he shared with me like how challenging it can be to raise a child that way. And I, and you know, I'm not a parent, so I can imagine how hard that would be. And I, but my response back is, yeah, it's hard. Yes, of course it would be hard um, because he's in a queer uh, family, like a two, uh, he's gay. Um, And that, and that's our, that's hard enough. Right. And, and I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to add this net, this other piece mm-hmm. um, would just complicate things for even for the kiddos of like all mm-hmm. of these different pieces. And at the same time, I my response is, but that's life, yeah. right? Like that's just if we want and I'll, and 
it's different like if gender queer people are raising babies in a in a like neutral kind of like mm-hmm. you come to us way versus when our allies are doing it because mm-hmm. people pay more attention to allies right. because they have privilege and even though you are right you know a a queer couple um, you still have cisgender privilege that yeah. I that I don't have For sure. and things won't shift until, until our allies so yes, yeah for sure. and so it's this i wrestle with this so much because again like i think i'm reiterating this so many so much because i again have not shared this these feelings publicly but mm-hmm. i love my my nibbling my niece and like my yeah. all of my friends kids with all of my heart yeah. and i trust every one of those adults to be and mm-hmm. I see with my own eyes how incredibly loving and caring yeah. and supportive they are right there's just that one piece that mm-hmm. I I wish could I wish I had control of just because yeah, yeah. you know because it can be so hard yes I right. just, I've lived it and yeah. it's it's really hard for sure um for sure but again no judgment and I love all of you you know who you are um yeah. but that's yeah. just kind of my feeling on it. Yeah. Which I think might go play into me not wanting to have kids. Interesting. Because I don't know. It just, even though I just said like you have to do it for yeah. things to change. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I have it in me to be a parent in that way. Cause mm. I, I'm also acknowledging like it is so it's, hard. It's hard. Right. And so that's why I'm just gonna be the best unky I can. Yeah. And just, you know, <laughs> be that role model in that way. Right. Yeah. I mean, makes sense. Yeah. It's so interesting and it's so true. And I'm ashamed to say, like, I, I have I haven't thought of that. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you say it's a, it's exactly that visibility thing of as soon, as soon as you say it, it's like, of course, of course. Right. Yeah. Of course, it's not just the gender reveal parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, of course, it has to go farther than that. And it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it'll be interesting. I think a lot about you know, people 10 years younger than me yeah, that are just so much better about, I mean, yeah, better yes, about all better. of this. Yeah. And it will be interesting to see what they do, you know? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I And I think about, I, I mean, I think about this in a few different ways, but also just like, will they get married at all like right you know like I kind of think like they won't Mm -hmm. I kind of think that is at least in some circles like not not gonna be around in a hundred years and you know will that I mean I sort of think our children if if, you know the, the next generation of like our children might be like might you know might might really had what you're saying might have happened by then where they will be like you even think there is gay like you even think there is you know man <laughs> you know <laughs> right right well i don't think men will let that disappear men, yeah you're right <laughs> so, actually they have a lot they have a lot riding on that. yeah yeah too much privilege um no, but I do. I do hear what you're saying, though. I I have this like utopian dream that, yeah. um, even though these these so like these words that we're talking about and these labels yeah. are so important, but that's because 
we don't have equal access to things. Exactly. And so we need to have those words to find where we fit. But then in a, this like utopian world where everyone has equal access to safety mm-hmm. and um, education and healthcare and mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing, um, housing. Yeah. Like transgender wouldn't won't exist. Like the word right. won't need to exist anymore to, because right. you won't have to cross over. You won't have to. You just will be who you are from the beginning. Yeah. And you right. won't have to differentiate Rise up as like yeah 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 um oh to for that to happen in a hundred years would is amazing i know i, I mean yeah. but i'm like i but I why not know. you know again these young people yeah <laughs> like so old saying that but it's yeah. true it's like yeah they're they're they just talk about it in a in, in a way that i'm like ah yeah yeah mm-hmm. let's and, get closer to that yeah and I, I do think you're right too about um i think the more that we talk about like you don't have to get married like, uh-huh. or you can right. have multiple partners or like yes. all of these different um, ways families can exist mm-hmm. um, the more we talk about it the yeah. le- I mean the more we are going to break down that hetero cis normative yeah. scaffolding right um, but at the same time I do think that uh, you know cisgender white men won't won't let it no fall completely no it's a great deal for them yeah it's a fabulous deal for them Mm -hmm. (laughs) must be nice yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i want to switch gears a little bit this has been wow i'm i'm like sweating and like (laughs) shaking a little bit no no, but in a good way in a good way um so we we both volunteer for new alternatives yeah which is a nonprofit here in new york city that works with lgbtq youth experiencing homelessness um, and what I love about them is that they um, there's no barrier to access. Yes. So uh, you can come as you are. So if you don't oh, have yes. an ID, if you are a sex worker, or if you um, are currently on like using drugs, um, there are no drug tests. Like you just mm-hmm. come as you are, and we're going to help you. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is different than a lot of other yeah. organizations mm-hmm. uh, that have those barriers. So uh, that's why I love them. They're just they're so great. Um, how did you so how great. did you get involved with them? Um, well, you know, after I was one of these people, <laughs> after Trump was elected, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. What will I be doing in my local community to help me deal with my panic attacks and <laughs> like all of these things that are um, going on with me and just feeling like I have some, like I'm, I'm, I have some power or some kind of agency, uh, and for me, that I, I really just started to research volunteer opportunities, and I and I found new alternatives, and and I went in and I started just working a little bit in like it, um, it doing like administrative stuff mm. for them, mm-hmm. um, and then I eventually did this. I'm about to do one this Sunday. I eventually did this meditation workshop cool. um, for them, and because I I. I <clears throat> I have um, I I have OCD, so I I I meditate a lot uh, to deal with that. And meditation really changed my life, helped me deal with that a lot. Um, so I'm very passionate about it. But I did this meditation workshop for them, and it was just it, that was when I really fell in love with them because this this thing that you're saying about like just like the inclusivity uh, and um, you know at one at one point Kate mm-hmm. uh, is this amazing uh, woman who runs it. 
one of them was, you know, one of the clients was very mad at another client and was sort of like tattling, tattling on them and saying like, they're, they're high. They're not allowed to come high. And Kate was like, actually, they are allowed to come high. (laughs) They're not allowed to shoot up here, but they are allowed to, they are allowed to be here high. (laughs) Like, I don't know, like trying to, I, I, uh, it was, I, I just think they're an amazing organization, but, um, but yeah, that that was that was really how I how I got involved, and then and then after after some time, I and after that meditation workshop, I sort of pulled back, and I was like, honestly, I think the best way I can help this organization is in like access to money for them. Mm-hmm. I think that there are people that know how to like. I I still want to do like hands on work with them. Um, doing things like these like meditation things but but really like what they need is money like like they really need money and I can and I know because of being in Hollywood like I know people with money and I can also get people that are famous to like do one to like come sing a cabaret song and um so then I I I decided I wanted to help them in in that capacity you know as well yeah. yeah. So in April, yeah. we put on a fundraiser called Don't Write Us Off on yeah. Tax Day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you with your connections. Um, and you. Uh, so a Teamwork Connect. Teamwork. Um, <laughs> we raised over $20,000 for them. We did. Which is just, I still think about that and I get know. wowed by it. I know. Because it's just like so <laughs> special. It was really special. And we really just did it ourselves yeah we, we did <laughs> out of nothing and, and just I, I that night was so yeah. powerful and special and mm-hmm. um just so lovely i and let's do another one great we're gonna do another one yeah let's let's do it um next year yes uh remind me to ask you offline about the pictures Oh yeah! Also, oh my gosh! Yeah. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> um, but wait, there was a oh, and the last thing I want to say about it was also that the clients, two of the clients, performed. Yes, alongside Christine Baranski and John Cameron Mitchell, and you know that was that David Hyde Pierce. Cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, just to not to not to name drop or anything, but uh, but also, and how lovely yeah. are they all? Uh, oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Incredible! So sweet, so generous, and generous, and um, humble, and yeah. it just was just. I had a slice of pizza with Christine Baranski yes. and I was just like, hey. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Hey, Marianne from Sybil. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> just was like, uh, casual. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, that was such a powerful day. Yeah. Um, and we and you and I met at Crafter Truth. We did, yes. yeah. Which that was, was another was wonderful really thing to do with them. I, I would like to do more stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I like to do more with Crafter Truth. I want to do. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, Crafter Truth is this um, workshop that me and my friend Jeffrey Kidwell um, created, where we give. Um, it's really it's only been with New Alternatives so far, mm. but um, folks the opportunity to share their stories, whether it's through song or poem or dance or scenelets. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we invite teaching artists co- to come in and work with the clients. And so you, Sarah, you came mm-hmm. in and yeah. um, alongside amazing other teaching artists and just like gave your day yeah. and worked on these pieces. And then we performed for each other. And it just was so... Um, it really is like soul shifting. It is. It and really is. Th- 
when when given the op- the feedback that I get from clients is that we didn't think anyone cared yeah. and like that no one wants to hear our stories. Right. I was like, that's like the exact opposite. Like yeah, I, exactly. I want to hear your story. Right. I, mean, I want to give you this opportunity to connect with a greater like community and with each other and with yourself. And um, I remember Cal wrote a poem um, about being genderqueer mm-hmm. and just, I was in tears the entire yes, time. It same. just was so stunning. St- yeah. Stunning. Thank you. That is such a good word for it. And then they d- performed it at the don't write us off, Yeah, which was still like had the audience in tears yes. and yes. was just, uh, really special really really special um oh and dubs was on stage with them oh i was i was (laughs) with john yeah your sibling sibling. um we did ribbon dance yes (laughs) (laughs) which was great i and and then i was like going through my phone later be like where's the where's that performance and i was like oh i was in it (laughs) that's why um oh my yeah I should have filmed it, but I was too riveted. Totally, yeah, it was it was so riveting. And then Kate's speech at the end about oh why my this gosh. is important it was just. Um, I'm gonna. I, I think I'm gonna post her speech yeah. along with this episode. Oh just great, it just, do it, and I will get the pictures for you. Oh, and then you great. can post the pictures. Perfect, too. great. Um, behind the scenes in marketing and publici- yeah. publicizing, folks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I want to switch gears a little yeah. bit. Um, okay. And talk about because you are you are this like incredible film, TV, and stage actor. Thank you. You've done a lot of really cool things. So I'm curious, like, if you have a favorite thing that you've done that has oh. kind of like stuck with you for a while. Um, I would say my favorite, my um, hmm. I think my favorite project, the project I was most proud of was The Humans, uh, which was a play I did off Broadway and on Broadway, and then in LA and London. So. I did it, you know, all told for a year and three months. And it was with this uh, collaborator, Stephen Karam. I did his first play in New York called Speech and Debate. Um, he's just my my favorite writer. I mean, and he wrote this part in The Humans for me. And the first time I read it, I just was like, if there's any justice in the world, this play will go to Broadway and Winnetoni. And Usually in show business, there is not justice in the world, but we were one of those one in a million projects where we had, you know, no real stars in the in the you know traditional sense. Though Jane Howdy Shell and Reed Bernie, I mean, those are and Cassie Beck and those are stars to me <laughs> for my money. But um, but yeah, but it did move to move to Broadway and 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 win the Tony, and it was just it was just like a dream come true experience, and I grew so much during that process and getting to come back to the play after a year um, when after a year that was really hard for me where I where I did sort of have um, this this uh, sort of horrendous like bout of OCD emerge and I went through a really big breakup um, and had to do you know a lot of therapy and get on medicine and then get off medicine and start meditation and to be able to go through all of that and really have a huge shift in my life and then come back to the same play Mm -hmm. um, was an amazing experience and I knew so much more the second time around and I'd processed so much stuff about my own family so to get to do a family play again to have another shot at a truly great family play after I feel like I really grew up um, 
was was amazing. And also it was very special for like my director to notice that. I remember on opening in LA after the year had passed, mm-hmm. the lighting designer came up to me and said, you know, I was watching you in rehearsal and I turned to Joe Mantello, the director, and said, oh, she grew up. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow, it's like people can see it. They can see that I've like gone through something and come out of it. Um, so so I think that that project is 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 very special to me for for the, all those reasons. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. lovely. Yeah. I also have OCD. You do? Mm-hmm. How did we not know this? I don't know. <laughs> um, I went to therapy a lot for it and went on medicine gosh. for it, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What do you have, like, a specific kind? I do. Um, I, for, like, I, locks for me. Locks. Yep. And the stove and oven. The stove, okay. Um, I, it was really, I, it was at its peak in high school and college mm. um, where I would, like leave class and go home yeah. to check my front door yeah. and like that's when I was like I need to go to a doctor yeah. because this is like interfering in my life yeah um that's when you gotta go and I would like sit at my car and like check the the um the lo- the door handle and it's like it's yeah. literally locked right. and like and I'd say out loud it's literally locked and then you know try to just like <laughs> navigate that and I then I was laugh, like but you have to laugh you have to like, laugh and also it was like you know I just I, you know when I think back on it it's like me standing in the pouring rain being like it's locked <laughs> like <laughs> and it's, it's raining God. it's locked <laughs> um but even still now um yeah like my apartment door locks automatically and yeah. so t- for whatever reason because it's there's no human error mm-hmm. like it just it locks and so I don't right. have to worry about it yeah that's good um but then sometimes you can pop it to unlock it and then, then sometimes I like freak out. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten on the train, gotten to where I've needed to go, and gotten back on the wow. train home to check yeah. it. Right. Um, and also with like my hair straightener when I had mm-hmm. long hair, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to burn the house down. Yeah. And yeah. like I would have my mom drive to my apartment when I lived yeah. in Columbus and have her check. Check. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I was like grateful that she would do that, and also it was like yeah. a little enabling. I think. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. What about you? Well, so mine is this is this thing that I had a lot of shame about for a really long time called um, harm OCD, mm. which is actually like obsessive, repetitive, uh, violent like thoughts both about like yourself and and others. And so I, when I first emerged, I had no idea what was happening, and I was like, I'm schizophrenic. I've lost my mind. Like I have to lock myself in a hat. Like I'm gonna do something crazy. But then I found finally this like forum. Um, this this like basically OCD website forum where it was a bunch of people like talking about this this specific mm-hmm. subset of OCD called harm OCD and I just was like sobbing like thank God thank God it's something thank God now yeah. I can name it talk about naming it and then right. I went to a cognitive behavioral therapist who who yeah helped me with with you know you just have to you know go to the things go to the things that you're avoiding because you're scared of them and teach your mind that it's just a thought and then once you teach your mind it's just a thought it stops it's so crazy it's literally like what you resist persists what you feel you can heal and it's just like it's just the don't think that don't think that that makes your brain literally repeat it and if you can Mm -hmm. allow your brain to just think it it goes away. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Yeah. yeah it's, it's such a, the mind is so powerful. It's so powerful. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. And it can be just 
hell in there. Oh yeah. Oh my God. It really can be. I think like, talking like that, this is also reminding me of, um, when you had said, um, again, like being on the airplane to just like sit yeah. in your thoughts. And then I made, I made like an offhanded comment about like, that was like my, like I would obsess about it in yeah. class. Yeah. That was also part of my, my like obsessive right. thoughts of like mm-hmm. not being able to get rid of these thoughts about being, and it was, it was cause I was resisting. Yeah coming to terms with that identity and uh, also would never talk to anyone about it. So yeah. there wasn't even a way for me to name it really. Yeah. And so right. it just, and it, it was in there. so big. Yeah. yeah. It was every waking moment was thinking about um, like not only how like women are cool and yeah. like beautiful, but also like <laughs> this is my, like I'm never going to be able to talk about this. I'm never going to be able right. to like act on it. And it's just this like vicious cycle yeah. of, feeling so alone and then trapped in your thoughts yeah. too. And yes. then not being able to get rid of them. Right. And I think also, I think also manifested in the like locks and the making sure the yeah. oven is off. Right. Um, right. Cause it was like a physical way to um, get out of my head about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it distra- it, it's like it, OCD yeah. is so that you don't think about whatever your brain for some reason can't face, you know, it's, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Well, Wow. <laughs> We're really revealing. We really lot. are. This is such a deep dive. I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like I, because I actually have talked to like two other people that that are I I would I think like a bit more famous than me that ha- that have struggled with harm OCD and those conversations were so healing and hilarious mm. that I've been like I should like talk to, I should like talk about it publicly because again it was it was the the, the naming it that like saved saved me you know? yeah I yeah I, I really do believe wholeheartedly in in talking about things for other people to hear yes. and hence, hence this podcast yes hence, thank you the show because yeah. it is so healing not only for yeah. the person who's sharing right uh, but then we're creating those moments um, for other people to be right. like I didn't know that you know I didn't know there was a subset of OCD and that's how yeah. I've been feeling and yeah. I, now I feel less alone right or I also right. do you know and I can it, look it up and find what it is and yeah yeah so it's yeah. it's all full circle yeah <laughs> um which is a beautiful segue into our last segment Great. which is a rapid fire oh so my I'm God. just gonna ask you questions and just uh they're very you know they're very silly great um, but just answer as quickly as you can okay um writing or reading reading acting or singing uh, singing Dogs or cats? Cats. Beach or mountains? Beach. Biking or running? Biking. Bagels or donuts? Bagels. Nice. Train or plane? <laughs> oh, train. Pants or shorts? Pants. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. Night or day? Night. Favorite dessert? <gasps> Chocolate mousse. Nice. I think you might be one of the, the fastest responding guests. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I was trying to really just let myself subconscious just yeah. go. And but I think like, it got them all right. Say the truth. Yeah. Yeah, you did get them all right. There's really no, only one wrong answer, and it, oh, that's no. donuts. Oh. Versus bagels. Wait, I said like, bagels. No, you did. I mean, you didn't have a wrong answer. Oh, there's only wrong, wrong, there one just wrong. A, yeah, anyone who said, like, who has said donuts? Uh, Anyone who lives in New York? uh, Yeah, people say donuts. Like, very few people, but when they do, it's like, what? Two people. Bobby's saying we've had two. And it's like, listen, like, no judgment. (laughs) I know, right? But also, like, come on, bagels. Come on. (laughs) Get a sweet bagel if that's what you want. Like, you know, nice cinnamon raisin, strawberry cream cheese. I'll judge you for that. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
This has been so lovely. I know. Um, it's been great. Uh, do you have social media handles that you'd I like do. for folks well, to follow you? Um, sure. I have an Instagram. What is my name? Oh, my name is Sarah Steele here. Great. On Instagram. I don't have Twitter. Okay. Probably for the better. Yeah. I just post weird dance videos mostly on Instagram. Oh, actually, I did want to ask you about that. Oh. How did you? I have it on my list, and then we, um, <laughs> sorry, everyone, you thought this was over, and now here's an encore. Um, yeah. T- I love watching those videos. Oh, you do? They're, yeah. They're, oh, yeah I think they're great. I'm so glad. What, did, what inspired you to start doing them? I think that I just, we will. Over the new year, I'm a big, like, New Year's person. Not a big New Year's person. New Year's itself is horrible, but, like, a big, like, resolutions person. Mm-hmm. And I I really was just thinking at the beginning of this year, like, what are the things I used to do as a kid that, like, made me really happy that, mm. that I'm not doing anymore because I'm, like, scared? And one of them was, like, I used to make up so many dances. Like, I used to choreograph makeup so many dances with my friends. And so I just have recruited a lot of friends to do that with me. And you want to do one? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You'll teach me, right? For sure. Then, yes. <laughs> How could great. I say no on public radio? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, no. Putting I would, on the spot. Yeah, I would love that. Okay, great. I mean, I did ribbon dancing with John. Yeah, that's true. So I can do Very it. True. It's in my, I used to tap, and I used to ballet, and I used to jazz. Huge. Yeah. That's great. So I'm, I'm here for it. Okay, great. Wonderful. Sarah, thank you so oh much gosh, for being here. Oh my gosh, of course. It was really, really fun. Yeah. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for coming out. Hey, it's Dubs Weinblatt, your host of Thank You For Coming Out. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. Please subscribe to our podcast on the platform of your choice. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps.